Welcome back to another insightful episode of Talk It Out Piece by Piece. I'm your host, Kelly Webb. And today we're diving into a topic that touches the hearts of parents everywhere, adolescent substance abuse. As we explore this sensitive and crucial issue, our mission is clear, to empower parents with the essential tools they need to recognize the early warning signs in their children. We firmly believe that through knowledge and understanding, we can take proactive steps to provide the right support and guidance, helping steer our adolescents away from the destructive path of substance abuse. Parenting in the face of this challenge can be daunting, but it's not something we have to face alone. Today, we're joined by Richard Capriola, who will share his expertise, experiences, and practical advice, offering a beacon of hope for parents seeking answers. Throughout this episode, we'll explore the underlying factors that contribute to adolescent substance abuse, aiming to break down the stigma surrounding this issue. By fostering open dialogue and understanding, we hope to create a safe space where parents can feel empowered to confront these challenges head on. Richard shares valuable insights and telltale signs that might indicate a problem, equipping you with the knowledge to identify red flags early on. We firmly believe that prevention starts with awareness and with the right tools we can make a positive impact on our children's lives. So if you're a parent, caregiver, or anyone who cares deeply about the well-being of our youth, this episode is for you. Together, we'll navigate the complexities of adolescent substance abuse and discover practical ways to offer support, guidance, and love. Let's embark on this important journey of learning and understanding as we work together to create a safer, healthier, and happier environment for our children. Stay with us, and let's make a difference in the lives of our adolescents. Thank you for joining in us on this transformative episode of Talk It Out Piece by Piece. Welcome back to Talk It Out Piece by Piece. I'm Kelly Webb, your host, and today we have Richard Capriola. Richard, tell us about yourself. Well, thank you, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be here with you and to talk to you about this topic of adolescent substance abuse. I have been a substance abuse and mental health uh, counselor for over two decades, started out in education and then trans- transitioned over into mental health and uh, substance abuse and worked for over a decade at Menninger Clinic in Houston, Texas, which is a large psychiatric hospital that serves both adolescents and teenagers who have both mental health and substance substance abuse challenges and diagnoses. And during that time, I would meet with parents and I would go over their child's use of a substance, you know, what they were using, how often they'd been using, give them a diagnosis, a substance use disorder. And too many times they would look across at me and they would say, I had no idea this was going on. Or if they did suspect their child was using a substance, they might say something like, well, I suspected something was going on, but I didn't think it was this bad. Um, and, And these are good parents. These are very good parents doing the best jobs they can. They missed the warning signs because nobody told them what to look for. So they didn't know what to look for. And kids are very clever. They know how to fly under the radar. They know how to keep this stuff away from their parents. So parents were sometimes caught off guard when they found out that their kid was using a substance. So when I left Menninger, I wanted to write this book. It's called The Addicted Child, A Parent's Guide to Adolescent Substance Abuse. I kept it to about 100 pages because 
parents are busy. They don't have time to read volumes of information on this stuff. So I kept it to about 100 pages, packed it with a lot of information that I would hope that parents would find as a helpful resource, including the warning signs to look for. What tests should you do if you suspect your child is using a substance? What are the treatment options that are available? What questions should you ask a treatment program and, and, and resources? And, and a little in a, a, a brief chapter about the various substances that are out there on the street. Parents know about alcohol and marijuana, but they may not know about some of the other drugs that are out there that these kids have access to. So I put in brief chapters to help parents be a little bit better informed about what's actually out there and what they need to be aware of. Thank you, Richard. You have such a, you know, wealth of knowledge, right? So what is the most common substance abused, substances abused by adolescents? And then talk to me about those warning signs, because you you said a lot there. I know about alcohol and, you know, marijuana, but I want to know more. What else is out there? Well, alcohol and marijuana for years has been the primary substances that adolescents are attracted to by far. Mm -hmm. Now, prior to the pandemic, what we had been seeing is a dramatic surge in teenagers turning to vaping. For three years prior to the pandemic, teenagers were turning to vaping at ridiculously high proportions, and they were vaping marijuana, and they were vaping nicotine, and and the percentages were just ridiculous, you know, as high as 22% of high school seniors were vaping marijuana, 8% of eighth graders we're, we're vaping marijuana. Now, the pandemic caused across the board a reduction, a decline in adolescent substance abuse because kids were at home. They were pulled away from their peer groups and from their classrooms and from their social activities. So we saw a, a, a decline in teenage substance abuse during that year of the pandemic. We now have data about what happened a year after the pandemic, and we're starting to see a rebound. Unfortunately, we're starting to see substance abuse among teenagers start to trend back up. We'll know more about that as we get more data in the years ahead, but we may be getting back to where we were before the pandemic, unfortunately. The other substances, the hard, so-called hardcore drugs, things like, uh, you know, cocaine, some of the opiates, those are not really too popular among kids. They're less than 5%. Uh, the, the primary substances seem to be alcohol, marijuana, and then vaping of nicotine and marijuana. Yeah, that, well, that's something new. I, I knew about vaping, and I knew that there was not a lot of research out there at the time when it just became very, very popular. So it's interesting to hear about here. You mentioned it now because I wasn't sure where that, where we were with that um, yeah. society today. So, what are some of the warning signs that parents should be aware of? Well, this is such an important issue that in my book I have warning signs for a child that might be drinking alcohol. I have warning signs for a child that might be smoking marijuana, and I included warning signs for a child that might be developing an eating disorder or self-harming. 
themselves. Because sometimes, not always, but sometimes we will find a teenager or a pre-teenager who's not only using a substance like marijuana and alcohol, but they are starting to develop an eating disorder or they are self-injuring themselves by cutting or burning. These are all coping coping skills that, that teenagers can sometimes have. But as a general rule, what I what I say to parents is pay attention to the changes that you see in your child. You know your child better than anyone. So pay attention to the changes that you see. Don't don't assume that the changes that you're seeing is just normal adolescent acting out behavior. It might very well be that, but it might also be an indication that there's something else going on underneath there that you need to be aware of. So so what are some examples? A child whose grades are starting to decline. A child who's getting into disciplinary problems at school or at home. A child who uh, used to introduce you to their friends. You knew who their friends were. You know, and you may have even known who some of their family members were. Now becomes very secretive of who their friends are and becomes very secretive about where they've been and what they've been doing. A child who used to participate in extracurricular activities no longer shows an interest in participating. And then if you smell any strange odors around the house, particularly their bedrooms, or if you find any paraphernalia around the house, those are obvious warning signs. But basically, just pay attention to the changes that you see in your child and become a little inquisitive about why those changes are happening. And, and, and talk to your child about them. You know, you want to approach it from a curiosity point of view. You want to be curious as to why the child is showing these changes in behavior. So with, so that makes a lot of sense. I am learning more about just child development, right? Mm -hmm. And how, how children change as they grow. And some of the things that you mentioned are just like, you know, paying attention, right? To your child. So I've seen several changes in like my daughter's friends. They're, they're just becoming more interested, they're becoming interested in different different things that I would have never known that my daughter was interested in or her friends were interested in. So I am definitely monitoring that very closely. But with COVID happening, I think that's changed a lot of of children and teenagers. And I used to work for a tutoring company and I would see a lot of teenagers who were very depressed during that time, especially like yeah. 10th grade, 10th and 11th graders, because COVID happened during a pivotal time in their, their high school career. So what role do like genetics and environmental factors play in adolescent substance abuse and how can parents identify potential risk factors? Well, that's an excellent question uh, because we do know that there is a genetic component to a predisposition to become addicted to any, any substance. And that's no different than any other disease. You know, if you have a history of hypertension in your family, what does it mean? It means you're at risk of developing hypertension. If you're a woman and you have breast cancer in the, in your family, what does it mean? It means you are at higher risk of, of, of having 
breast cancer. It doesn't mean you're going to get the disease, it just means you're at risk. The same is true for addiction. There is a genetic component. So if it's in your family, genetics, you're more at risk. But it takes more than genetics to get a person across the line, over the line to become addicted. So what is it besides genetics? We know that genetics is 40 to 60% of a person's vulnerability to become addicted. The remaining percentage is environmental factors, high levels of abuse, all of the, you know, your social environment, any trauma that might take place, peer associations. So these environmental factors play a big role in why a, why a child, for example, might become interested in using substances. The other thing that I would say is that in many cases, not all cases, but in many cases, what we find is that that teenager is using a substance to medicate an underlying Undi often undiagnosed psychological issues. I'll give you an example. Many of the teenagers that I worked with at Menninger Clinic were smoking a lot of marijuana multiple times a day. And when I asked them to help me understand why they were smoking so much marijuana, the number one answer that came across was it helps me with my anxiety. So for some kids, not all kids, but for some kids, there may be an underlying psychological reason that that child is turning to a substance to get the relief that they seek. And unfortunately, we tend to, to, to focus on this drug abuse and we miss the underlying emotional issue that goes undiagnosed and unfortunately untreated in too many cases. And that's why I say to parents, if you suspect, suspect your child is using a substance, get a comprehensive assessment. Don't just focus on the alcohol and drugs. Get a psychological assessment, too, so that you can rule in or rule out if any of these underlying psychological issues might be the reason your child has turned to a substance. Yes. And actually, as you're saying that, I, I see that in adults, too, right? So. Mm -hmm you know, maybe you started in adolescence and it just kind of stayed with you until you became an adult. Yeah. Um, because I actually was just talking to a girlfriend about this. She said that she, she drank a lot and she just didn't recognize that she had depression. Mm -hmm. And when she stopped drinking, she had to really face her emotions and navigate. Right. So, and I think as, um, as a child, as an adolescent, it's hard to really know what you're feeling. Nowadays, there's like this ref, uh, resource called the feelings wheel. So you can kind of identify the feelings that you're feeling inside your body to help with the whatever you're experiencing, the anxiety, the depression, you know, sadness. So thank you for sharing that. And just, you know, this is so crucial for us knowing these signs and knowing what to do about them. So with that, what are some effective strategies or resources that parents can utilize to prevent adolescent substance abuse and support their children when they start seeing these warnings or when they start seeing these signs. 
Well, I think that when you see these signs, you have to you have to act, and you have to turn to professionals to give you an assessment and and advice as to what the next step should be, because every every child in every situation is different. So you really need to begin by getting an assessment done from professionals, ruling in or ruling out if there is a diagnosis of a substance use disorder or any underlying mental health issues, and if there are a treatment plan on how to on how to proceed and every individual every treatment plan is different it's individualized to fit the child and the circumstances but but parents need to get some professional advice and guidance as, as to what the next step should be and the sooner they can do that the sooner they recognize that there might be a problem and the sooner they get those assessments and advice the more likely they are to to intervene and and get on top of this issue in a way hopefully that will resolve in successfully getting getting this issue controlled. Too many parents miss the warning signs and and it and, and are forced to act when it becomes a crisis and 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 they really really are in a crisis situation with their child. Thank you, Richard. So at this time, can you give me two three takeaways what you just shared? Because you shared a lot. So what yeah. would you say? The first takeaway would be, as a parent, don't become paranoid about this issue, adolescent substance abuse, which can be a very scary topic for parents. And sometimes as parents, we want to stay away from topics that are scary. <laughs> we want to sort of just say, okay, I, I don't want to deal with this. But, but don't be paranoid about it. But don't be afraid about it. Learn as much as you can, particularly what the warning signs are. Have a plan in place that if you do discover your child is using substance, you know what the next steps should be that you want to take. And in terms of prevention, I would say have discussions with your child about substances. Not, not, not the kind of discussion about, you know, these are illegal, don't do them because kids don't care about that. They don't pay attention to it. They already know they're illegal. And don't, you know, you can tell them that drugs are harmful, but they don't believe it anyway. When we ask teenagers, we ask teenagers in, in surveys, one of the things we ask is, how available are these drugs? And overwhelmingly, teenagers tell us it's no problem. If I want to get marijuana, it's easy. If I want to get alcohol, it's easy. Over 80% of high school seniors tell us that if they want to find marijuana, they know where to do, where to get it. And if they want to get alcohol, they know where to get that too. Then we ask them, how dangerous do you think these drugs are? And overwhelmingly, they tell us, we don't think these drugs are dangerous. We don't think alcohol is dangerous and we don't think marijuana is dangerous. So the drugs are readily available. These kids know it. They don't think they're dangerous. A perfect optic setup for the substance abuse that we see out there among the adolescent population. Thank you, Richard. I, I never thought about how we didn't view alcohol and marijuana as not dangerous. So that that's good insight for me. So at this time, feel free to share anything that we didn't cover or and how people can find you or your book. Well, I think I think we did a good job of covering the basics. I hope everyone that listens to us feels that they gain some useful information. For those that would, would want to learn more, 
or would like to get a copy of my book, The Addicted Child, A Parent's Guide to Adolescent Substance Abuse, I would encourage them to go to the book's website, which is www.helptheaddictedchild.com helptheaddictedchild.com. When you get to the site, you can read book reviews, you can read endorsements, you can read a sample chapter. There's a link that will take you directly to Amazon where the book is available either as a paperback or a Kindle. It's not going to cost you very much. My goal is to try and make it as available to parents as I can. If you get the paperback, I suggest that you read it, put it on your bookshelf. It's there for a resource in case you need or loan it another family that you think might might find it helpful. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for all of your insight. Definitely appreciate Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Talk It Out Piece by Piece. We hope that our discussion on adolescent substance abuse has been insightful and empowering. Remember, change begins with awareness, and by recognizing the early warning signs, we can make a significant difference in the lives of our children. Let's keep the conversation going and support each other in this journey of parenting and caregiving. If you found this episode helpful or know someone who might benefit from it, please share it with your friends, family, and community. Together, we can spread knowledge and create a positive impact on the lives of our youth. Don't forget to subscribe to Talk It Out Piece by Piece to stay tuned on future episodes tackling essential topics that shape our world. We always love hearing from you, so feel free to leave us a review and share your thoughts. If you have any questions, personal stories, or topic suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Connect with us on our Instagram page, Matching Peace, P-E-A-C-E. Before we sign off, we want to express our gratitude to Richard, who shared his wisdom and insight. His contributions have enriched our understanding and empowered us to make a difference. As we conclude today's episode, remember that each one of us plays a vital role in shaping a better tomorrow for our youth. Let's continue to listen, support, and uplift one another on this journey of growth and learning. Thank you for being a part of our Matching Peace and Talk It Out Piece by Peace community. Until next time, take care, stay curious, and remember, small actions can lead to meaningful change.